Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish Eat Repeat. Guys, it is an exciting weekend over here at the Delgado House. Uh, We just had my son Ben's basketball, I guess it was a basketball tournament, we'll say, and oh my goodness, it was exciting. Um, They won, they won the tournament, but I can't handle it. I mean, I just, my stress level was so high. I actually volunteer to do the books at a basketball game because it gives me something to focus on. When I have to just sit in the stands, I am that crazy mom who needs like a five foot surrounding area around myself because I can't sit still. I'm constantly moving my legs, my arms, I'm all stressed out. At one point, Ben was shooting foul shots to tie the game, and he said to me after the game, he's like, Mom, did you see how much my legs were shaking when I got up to the line? And I was was like, I didn't. I didn't, honey, but um, my heart was about ready to pound out of my chest, so I can only imagine how you felt up on that line. And um, yeah, it was just fun. It was a really great opportunity for the boys to come together and play well. They've had a rough season. So coming out with a win at the very end was definitely a great way to end the season. So coming off of that high and, um, and then tonight we are finally celebrating Valentine's Day. A little bit late, but it's the first opportunity with our schedules. If you guys don't know, uh, we have a tradition here at our house where on Valentine's Day, the boys make the girls dinner. So they have to pick all the recipes out. They have to shop for the food, prep it, cook it, and clean up. Guys, if you are not doing this at your house, I highly, highly recommend it. It's so much fun. The boys get into it. While the boys are cooking, the girls get dressed. We curl our hair and put makeup on and do our nails. And it's just a really fun tradition that we've probably been doing probably for close to 10 years now. Uh, It's always fun looking through Facebook memories around Valentine's Day because I try to take pictures of what we eat just so I can look back on it. And those those Delgado boys, they do not... They do not slack off on Valentine's dinner. I mean, it's usually a four-course meal. And so they're actually downstairs cooking right now. Um, It'll be a while. I have plenty of time. It's not like me taping this podcast is going to interfere with dinner. Usually they're in there for a good three or four hours. (laughs) So we'll probably be eating dinner tonight around 8.30. And I'll let you know how it goes uh, next time. But but really excited for to see what they're going to cook for us tonight. Today we're talking about the power of routines. Routines are so incredibly helpful. Uh, They not only free up our mental space, 
to do other things. It allows our brain to conserve energy. And it just, it provides mental, physical, emotional health. And if nothing else, it feels really comforting knowing what is coming up next. We know that a lack of routine can lead to stress. And because we're creatures of habit, we just work better in the presence of structure. So we know that kids do better with routines, knowing what's happening, knowing what to expect. We are no different. Even though we're in larger bodies, we still benefit from the power of structure and routine. So today we're going to talk about two specific routines. We're going to talk about the morning routine. And we're also going to talk about your evening routine, those two bookends to our day, and how are you setting yourself up to be successful when it comes to your health goals. I know I've shared some of my morning routines with you before, um, so we're going to kind of go through some of them again and even give more information, but uh, I haven't really shared my evening routine. And When I wrote this podcast, it really made me start to think and evaluate what is my routine like and trying to implement some of these strategies. I've noticed already such a, just a shift in my productivity, right? The whole reason for routines is to, like I said, free up that mental space so you can be more productive if that is one of your goals. But I know for a lot of us, we just get so stressed out because of all the things that we have to do. And for some of us, we have way too many things on our list. But for others, we have a reasonable amount of things on our list, but we lack the the motivation to get it done. And then we procrastinate, we get stressed out, and then we eat to cope with it. So I want to kind of tackle this routine part of it. So we don't even get to that stage of constant stress. Stress every once in a while. Sure. I can't, I can't stop the occasional stress. But if you're noticing that everything feels unorganized, or there's a lack of structure every day, uh, maybe some of these tips can be helpful for you. So let's start with the morning routine. Okay. Now some will argue that your morning routine actually starts the night before. Like there's things that you can do to prep to get yourself ready for the morning routine. We're going to tackle them in a second, but I just want to focus specifically on the morning right now. So first up, one alarm. I know this one's going to be hard. First tip is only set one alarm. How many of you guys are pushing snooze several times? I know I used to. But here's the thing. When you're pushing snooze, you're only getting nine more minutes of sleep. And a typical REM cycle is a lot longer than nine minutes right? A lot longer. So the sleep that you're getting in those nine minutes are not productive number of minutes of sleep. They're not. They actually make you feel worse and groggy. And when you're in that state, some people fall back asleep and then they wake up even groggier. Others, they're not even sleeping that great during this 
during the snooze sleep because they've got one part of their brain that's trying to fall back asleep and the other part of their brain that's anxious. Well, how many more minutes left do I until I have to get up? And so it's really a disjointed uh, and interrupted sleep. It's not a, it's not, I was going to say profitable. That's not the word I wanted to use. It's not productive. That's the word I wanted to use. Not productive at that point. Uh, one thing that I do that I think is really helpful is I put my alarm on the opposite side of the room. I still have an alarm clock. I do. I know a lot of people use your phones as your alarm. You could put your phone on the opposite side of the room. So you physically have to get out of bed and turn it off. Now, one thing that I have found to be helpful is when I'm turning my alarm off, I just tell myself, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. And on my way to the bathroom, I flip the light on. I'm basically trying to do everything I can in that moment to make going back to bed harder. Because once I go to the bathroom, I'm like, well, I'm already up. And even though I could potentially walk back to my bedroom and go climb back into bed, once the lights are on, I tell my brain, well, the the lights are already on. You're already up. You're already awake. You might as well just keep moving forward. If I kept the lights off when I walked to the bathroom and I walked back into a dark bedroom with the blankets kind of all disheveled and all over the place, it would be so easy for me to just climb right back in. So I found it really helpful. Sometimes on my way to the bathroom, sometimes I'll even flip the covers up. I'm not going to make the bed in that moment, but again, it's just another signal to myself. You've already taken the step to almost make the bed. It would be silly for you to climb back in. All right. So the trick here is make going back to bed hard. What are some of those steps that you can do to, you know, make that process just a little bit harder to give you a sense of pause and to think, is this really what I want to do or do I just want to wake up and get my day started? All right, so put your alarm on the opposite side of the room. When you get up to turn it off, Quick, flip the covers over, flip up the lights when you go to the bathroom. Most of us are going to the bathroom right after we wake up. And then it just is easier to tell your brain, hey, I've already done a lot of the hard work. I might as well just stay up. Another tip that I found when it comes to morning routines is to make sure that you make your bed. All right, make your bed. It starts your day off with a sense of accomplishment. I've already done something productive and it tells your brain, let's keep the momentum going strong. So when you do get out of the bed, make sure that you make it every day. Plus there's just something nice when you go into your bedroom at at night and you see a made bed. It just feels more inviting than if it's still unmade from the morning before. Something that also can be helpful when you're trying to get out of bed, I know that's really hard for some people, is to count backwards. Almost like, you know, a rocket ship is ready to launch. There's just something about counting down backwards that helps people launch into action. So if you give yourself a countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 
it's something about that countdown that makes you want to get up. So try that if you actually struggle with the physically getting out of bed portion. Another thing that can be helpful if you're struggling to get out of bed is have a quote to anchor to. So it could be your countdown. That could be something that you say every morning. Um, Sometimes I've done, uh, I guess it was Instagram and Facebook posts that said get to five. And when I say get to five, basically it means get to your fifth thought. So usually the first couple thoughts when it's time to get out of bed is it's too cold, it's too dark, I don't want to, I don't feel like it. But then usually after that, you start coming up with more productive thoughts like uh, this is, you know, I want to get this done or I have something to accomplish today or I want to get, you know, I want to eat a good breakfast or I want to exercise this in the morning. But those are usually not our first couple thoughts. We need to get to the fifth or sixth thought until, until we get to a place where we can come up with some more motivating thoughts. Uh, one of the things that I heard the other day was ask your schedule, not your feelings. And basically what this means, uh, this was in the context of when it's time to work out in the morning right? So it's time to work out. You've already scheduled this time. You've set it aside to work out. But guess what? The alarm goes off and you're still tired and you say, "Eh, I don't feel like it. Well, ask your schedule, not your feelings. Chances are you've scheduled exercise to be in the morning because it was the only time in your day that you thought you would actually get it done. When you consult with your schedule, you're actually consulting with you when you had your best interest at heart, not you in the moment where you're still kind of tired from the night before. Ask your schedule, not your feelings, means you get to consult with the best version of you, not the tired version of you. So... Sometimes just having that thought that pops into your head in the morning, maybe you put it on a sticky, maybe you put it next to your bed uh, to remind you, ask your schedule, not your feelings, but some type of motivating quote in the morning can be really, really helpful. Now, as you know, because I've shared this before, my morning routine looks like this. I wake up. I go to the bathroom, I immediately put my glasses on, flip the light on. Uh, When I come back, I grab my journal and I grab my Bible. And this is where I do, obviously I read a chapter from the Bible every day. I do a devotional every day. Um, I really like Jesus Calling. I've been doing that for years and it's just simple. Uh, It's a really great message every day. And then I read the corresponding verses with it. And then after that, I journal. I actually pre-journal my food for the day. So I write out my plan. I make sure that uh, my meals are balanced. I've got produce. I've got protein. I've got uh, fiber in my diet. I pre-journal my exercise, what my plan is, what I'm going to do. It's really helpful right now because I'm doing a program on YouTube, and they're usually anywhere from six to ten weeks And uh, the lady I'm following has a whole bunch of different options. So it's just right now I'm doing what's it called? Fuel. 
the fuel program and it's day 26 of 30. Tomorrow it'll be day 27 of 30. So I don't have to really put too much thought into it when I follow a program, but I like to write down what I'm doing to keep me committed. After I'm done journaling, my Bible study, my devotional, my prayer, this is where I then get up and get ready to exercise. I have just found that I am so much more likely to stick with the habit of exercise when I do it first, when there's nothing else in my way. Now, you'll notice that I have not once looked at my phone up until this point. I purposely keep my phone downstairs so that I'm not tempted to look at it because I know the minute I look at it, I'm going to get sucked in. And I want to make sure that I'm really taking care of my mind and my body before I let anything else tap into my, into my energy or my time. And I tell myself, oh, you're just going to check Facebook or you're just going to check Instagram. And before I know it, I'm then checking my work emails. I'm then checking, you know, if there were any text messages. I'm then checking, you know, my personal email, if I didn't say that already personal email, work stuff, all the things. And then, you know, what was supposed to be a 15 second check-in has turned into a 25 minute scroll fest. So I've just learned I can't be trusted with a phone in the morning in my bedroom. It has to stay downstairs until after I've done my workout. And then I can pull it out and start looking at things. All right. After I do my exercise, which is about 30 minutes. It's about all I have time for. Um, I then take my vitamins. And then I will usually get kids out of the house if they need my help. And then I eat breakfast. So there's another routine for you. So, or I should say, exercise your body and your mind. And then fuel. Right? Fuel afterwards. So many of us are not eating breakfast because we're running out the door and we're missing such a great opportunity to fuel our bodies. Whether we're recovering from an exercise routine or we're just fueling for our day, we're missing out on this great opportunity for nutrients, for protein, for fiber, for energy. And a lot of times people will tell me, oh, I just, I'm not hungry in the morning. Well, nine times out of 10, the reason you're not hungry in the morning is because you ate so late the night before. Like if you actually let dinner be your last meal, you probably would be hungry for breakfast the next morning. I'm not saying you can't snack at night. I'm just saying you might not be hungry because you're snacking at night. So try something. Try, just be curious. What would happen to your hunger levels if you didn't have a snack at night? Now, I know some of you have to have a snack with your medications. That's okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those that, you know, don't eat enough calories during the day and then overeat their calories at night. Remember, your body has a circadian rhythm, a sleep-wake cycle, but so does your digestive tract. And your digestive tract doesn't really want to be digesting all the calories right before bed. It doesn't. It has its own list of things it wants to accomplish at night. And digesting food isn't at the top of the list. So a lot of times you're putting all that extra calories into storage because you don't need a lot of calories to sleep. You don't. 
The only time you need a lot of calories to sleep is if you are an 18-year-old boy. Then you need calories to sleep because your metabolism is on fire. But the people listening to this podcast are probably not 18-year-old boys. So something to consider. So eat a breakfast. Even if it's not a big breakfast, you don't have to eat a buffet, but you should get something into your system to give you some type of fuel for the beginning of your day. If you struggle with overeating at night, it's probably because you don't eat a balanced breakfast in the morning. And if you need help coming up with ideas that transport well or that are high protein or high fiber options to really fuel you for your day, please come and see us at Body Metrics. That's what we do. You know, whether you're plant-based, whether you're vegan, whether you're carnivore or keto or any of that stuff, there's no judgment of what you do in terms of your diet. It's, we're just here to give you options and support. We're here to give you options and support. So utilize us. Most people don't realize their health insurance covers nutrition counseling visits. So take advantage. So that's your morning routine. But let's look now at your evening routine. Because most of us don't have an evening routine. With the exception of brushing our teeth before we go to bed. For some of you women out there, you do a much better job of washing your face. I'm terrible at this. Terrible. I don't like waiting for water to warm up and then splashing it on my face and then all the water running down into my sleeves and then my sleeves are wet and now I'm cold and I have to change shirts before I go to bed. If I have my pajamas on, then I have to change again. I hate that. Now I've discovered face wipes, almost like baby wipes, but for makeup remover. And I'm, I'm finally becoming an adult and using them. But in the past, washing my face was not part of my evening routine. I actually was doing some research on evening routines. And again, I told you that the morning routine, we could argue, starts in the evening. How you prepare yourself at night for the morning will actually tell you how likely you are to get things done in the morning and follow through. So one of the tips for evening routines is this concept called 321. Three hours before bed, stop eating or drinking alcohol. Two hours before bed, stop looking at a TV screen. And one hour before bed, stop looking at a phone screen to start to decrease the blue light that is going into your eyes that can disrupt your sleep-wake cycle, but also just to calm you down, right? The whole reason why a lot of people struggle with sleeping at night is because their mind is still racing a mile a minute when it's actually the time of day where you want to calm everything down. So some people even find a meditation app can be really helpful at guiding them through some breathing activities. But um, one of the other things that, that people struggle with is, like I said, eating too late. And then they are noticing they have reflux and it's hard to go to sleep. They can't lay down horizontally because of you know, the burning in their chest. 
And usually we recommend that you stay upright for at least three hours after you eat to decrease reflux symptoms. So that's why three hours before, try to stop eating or drinking alcohol just to allow for your body to finish its digestion process so that it's not disrupting your sleep. Uh, I mentioned in my morning routine, I told you that I leave my phone downstairs. When your phone is upstairs, it's likely to be a distraction. And then before you know it, you're up later than what you wanted to be because of the endless scrolling. And then again, it disrupts your sleep, falling asleep because of that blue light. So if you're able, try to keep your phone downstairs. Uh, If you can't because you need it for some reason, try to put it as far away from you as possible. Maybe if you have an attached bathroom. If you do, I'm very jealous of you. I live in an old farmhouse and we don't have one of them. (laughs) Um, But if you have a bathroom in your... Um, in your bedroom, a master suite, you can go ahead and maybe put the phone in there just to create some space so you're not as tempted to grab it. And, and just check one more thing, which turns into 30 more things. Another tip that can be helpful at night is to do everything you can to make your morning easier. So if you want to work out in the morning, maybe you lay out your exercise clothes next to your bed so you can just throw them on in the morning and you don't have to waste any energy thinking about what you're going to wear. I know my one girlfriend, she actually wears her exercise clothes to bed so that way when she wakes up, she's already dressed and she doesn't have to take that extra step. Uh, For some of you, that means making your lunch the night before because that makes the morning easier you know if it comes down to you know um, exercising working out maybe doing some journal time or making your lunch for the day you're probably going to pick making your lunch for the day because that feels super important and it is important but that's something that could be done the night before Anything that you can do to make the morning easier, you want to take advantage of that. It just makes sense. Now, another tip you can do in the evening is clean up. Don't leave today's mess for tomorrow. This one I am so guilty of. I'm so guilty of it. I'm like, uh, I'll just do the dishes in the morning. But then guess what? I go downstairs. I go to get my cup of water so... I can go work out and I see a kitchen full of dishes. And then I'm like, well, let me just quick throw these dishes into the dishwasher. And before you know it, maybe 10 minutes has gone by. And now my time to work out has decreased, right? It's that whole, like, let me just throw a load of laundry in. And before you know it, when on your way to the laundry room, you see some trash. So then you take the trash out and on the way to the trash, you see this needs to be done. And then you're, oh, that's right. I have to sign a paper for school tomorrow. And before you know it, 45 minutes has gone by. So do whatever you can the night before so that in the morning, you actually do the things that you have set out to do because you know those things are going to make you more productive. Like I know when I do my journal and I do my exercise in the morning, I'm a better human being. I think more clearly, I'm more focused, I'm less stressed, 
I'm energized, and I need to be all those things to do my job well. If I do not take care of my body and my mind first, people get leftovers of me. I'm, I, that's not what I want to give to people. But the only way that those things take pl- place, exercising my body and mind, is if I get the other stuff done and out of the way. I'm too tempted to just wash a couple dishes. It feels so easy in the moment because I'm probably procrastinating on wanting to exercise. My workouts are hard right now. I love them more than anything. But my first thought isn't, oh, I'm so excited. It's, oh, this one's going to be difficult. You know what? I should wash some dishes first. That feels easier. So figure out what can you clean up the night before so that that isn't an obstacle in your way. Now, the only part that gets tricky is if you have kids that stay up late, later than you, which is where I'm at in with our family, our dynamics. My oldest two boys, they go to bed after us. They're still up studying, which means they don't make their lunch till closer to 11 o'clock at night, and they trash the kitchen. We are currently working on the situation, having them be more responsible, but it's so frustrating. Like you can walk down in the morning and you know exactly what they made for lunch because there is a trail. Does anybody else have a 17 and 16 year old boy or girl that does this? I mean, it's like just if you get peanut butter out, just put the knife in the dishwasher. You don't need to leave peanut butter with or knives with globs of peanut butter on the counter. Like, why? Spring is coming. We're going to have ants in an old farmhouse very soon. And it's probably going to be because of all this peanut butter on my counter. So I'm working on it. I don't have solutions for that except for just yelling at them. But clearly that's not working. So if you have suggestions for me, I will take it. And then the last tip for your evening routine is look at your calendar for the next day. Get a good idea of what's happening. I am really big on paper calendars. I like to look at the week. I like to look at each day, have it in front of me. I don't want to push buttons to open up other buttons on my phone. I want to have it all laid out so I can stay organized. I can plan, you know, who needs to be where, uh, where I need to be for work, for home, for kids. So typically right before I go to bed, I'm always looking at what does the next day look like? I don't want there to be any surprises. Jim, I I don't get it. Uh, I just, every time I try to tell him, okay, this is what our week looks like. He's like, nope, just tell me what I need to know the day before. It's like, really? Like, you don't want to know what's coming the whole week? Nope. Nope, I like to be surprised. Just tell me where I need to be the day before. I don't roll like that. I need to know what the whole week looks like. Um, But at at the minimum, (laughs) look to see what the next day looks like just so you're not caught off guard or if you need to do something a little bit differently because of an appointment or a special meeting, you're able to accomplish everything that you need to for the day. So really, it comes down to these couple things. Decide what's important to you and set small goals. Like you don't have to do all the things in the morning routine and the evening routine tomorrow. Maybe you just start with one of these things that sounds good to you or something that you're struggling with. And then make a goal to start that. 
All right, create a plan. Consider stacking. Stacking basically means you attach one of these goals to something that you already do. So I remember when I was really struggling with the goal of flossing at night um, before I went to bed. I first, I just was trying to remember to do it and it just wasn't working out. So then I stacked it with the habit of brushing my teeth. Before you brush your teeth, floss your teeth. Before you brush your teeth, floss. Before you brush, floss. And so then it just became a habit because every time I brushed, I flossed. You know, for some of you, it may be you want to work on laying out your clothes at night. So maybe every time you brush your teeth, lay your clothes out. Every time you brush your teeth, lay your clothes out. Do the habits together in succession so that your brain will remember to do the new habit of laying your clothes out. Uh, If nothing else, you can always set reminders on your phone or sticky notes to remind you, um, put them on your bathroom mirror, put them on your dresser, wherever you need to put them to remind you of this new habit. Something that can be really, really helpful when you're trying to create a new habit is track your progress. Make a little spreadsheet, check it off. People love to check things off. It makes them feel accomplished. So create a checklist and every day you do it, check it off, color in the square, whatever you need to do to, to be, for it to be helpful. And then finally, think about how you're going to reward yourself. Remember, rewards and validating and recognizing the action step that you just did is an important part of the, the habit loop. And so you need to reinforce and recognize when you do a good thing, because then that tells your brain, hey, she liked this. Let's do it again tomorrow. All right. So track your habits, but then also reward yourself when you do it so that you're more likely to do it again tomorrow. All right, guys, that's what I have for you this week. Uh, I have a special recipe uh, that I found for this week. Let me just pull it up here for you. It is a flourless sweet potato brownie. So for this recipe, you're going to need one cup of sweet potato cooked and mashed, which is about one medium sweet potato, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, a half a cup of pure maple syrup, one and a half tablespoon of melted coconut oil, a quarter cup of peanut butter, and an egg. Those are your wet ingredients. Your dry ingredients are a third a cup of cocoa powder, a teaspoon of baking powder, a half a teaspoon of salt, and two-third cup of oat flour. Now remember, when you're making oat flour, it's real simple. You don't need to buy oat flour. Take two-third cups of oat meal and stick it through a food processor and grind it until it becomes flour. And then optional is a half a cup of chocolate chips or a half a cup of chopped walnuts or both. You're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. And in a large bowl, you're going to combine the sweet potato, vanilla, maple syrup, egg, peanut butter, and coconut oil. And then in a separate bowl, you're going to combine your dry ingredients. Once they're combined, slowly add the dry ingredients to the wet ingredients, stirring well. Once you have your batter, this is where you're going to add in those mix-ins like the chocolate chips or the walnuts if you want. Again, that's optional. 
and then pour the batter into an eight by eight baking pan. Okay, bake for 22 to 28 minutes or until the top begins to brown and a toothpick inserted into the middle of the pan comes out clean. Once the brownies are done, remove them from the oven, allow to cool, and that's it. So kind of a twist on brownies, but adding some extra fiber and um, fiber through the sweet potatoes. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. All right, that's what I got for you this week. I hope you have a great week as always, and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at BodyMetricsHealth. The book Nourish, Eat, Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.